The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Today, a very special episode, a bonus episode, as we visit with the Princess Pen, who is a word artist and exhibitionist, kinky educator, and FET enthusiast, who makes FET life such a fun read every day. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. As always, we start with the first five, five questions about first with the princess pen. Hello. First time you ever put pen to paper, or in this case, type something on your computer and had someone have a reaction to it. Okay. So I was a big roll doll fan and I was really big on Charlie and the chocolate factory. And I hated the way that it ended. I was eight years old. And so I spent a day rewriting the ending. It was like 30 pages as an eight-year-old um, to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And my mom was just so curious. And I didn't want to show her, but I ended up showing her. And she, it was the first time anyone ever told me that I was a writer. And I was like, that means I'm a writer? And she goes, you're a writer. And I go, what does that mean? She goes, I don't know. <laughs> so here I am writing erotica from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory to flood my dick. We've made a leap, but. <laughs> First time you ever were involved in a kink scene and your emotions going through it. Oh, okay. So um, I was in college and I was at a party and I went home with this man who was beautiful and I still talk to to this day. Um, I still don't know the first name of, to be honest. You could ask, I don't know his first um, But like, I still talk to him to this day. And he, uh, he takes me and he, he's a like construction kind of guy. And that was his, his focus in college. And he opens his closet and it does this crazy, I can't even describe it, sort of triple opening effect. And he has a trap on his ceiling and this whole line of just play toys comes out. And he's like, are you interested in any of this basically? 
And I had this moment of like, the princess pen, are you interested in any of this? And I was like, fuck yeah, I'm interested in all of it. And he was my dom for almost a year. First time you ever used the name the princess pen and your reasoning for it. Um, so I was actually under a different name on FET that I'm not going to say. Um, but I was on a different name and it was a stupid name that I have in my list of things to not do that I learned. Um, and I put out a status and I was like, what should I do? And people just bounced back like ideas back and forth. And I was like, we're just going to go as simple as possible. I'm all about the princess life. I write a lot. Alliteration. There you go. Easy peasy. First time you ever had someone write something negative about what you wrote and how you responded? Oh, there's so many. Um, I remember it wasn't my first big post to blow up because my first big post was in erotica and nobody ever really criticizes erotica, which I learned. Like if I'm in a bad mood, I'm not going to post anything controversial. Um, but I think it was one of my, oh, it was um, the fuck me in all three holes writing. And basically this guy was like, but those are eroticas too. And I go, are they eroticas though? And um, I had another writing about it where I addressed this comment. Somebody else in that same thing said, because in there I had said like, I'm, I'm a writer. Like I consider myself an artist in what I do. And it's difficult to see, not difficult, but it, it's, I have a reaction to seeing these more pandering sort of writings take the place of some really awesome, amazing commentary in erotica. And, and I go, and the person goes, you're not an artist. What you, this isn't art. And it's always like, it stuck with me to where I, I ended up writing about it later and kind of coming full circle on it, which was validating. Haven't asked this question in a while, but with you, I'm going to ask it because I know you're going to have an awesome answer. Ooh. First time you ever received a non-solicited dick pic in your reaction to it. Oh my God. I've never received an unsolicited dick pic. Wow. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm kind of a bitch. And <laughs> I think that men tend to kind of be a little like I got the messages that everybody got, but I've never gotten an unsolicited dick pic. No. I'm thinking I, I, I asked for dick pics, but I won't. <laughs> I don't know. Or if I had, it didn't register as an unsolicited dick pic. I was like, eh, you know, but no. I did not expect that. I'm sorry. That's the God's honest truth. I can't maybe halfway through this and I'll be like, wait, there was that one time, but I do not think so. Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom, but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports. No, not the jet ski kind. And you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. 
I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hello, I'm Jessie Sage from Peep Show Media. Peep Show Media is a multimedia magazine bringing news and stories from the sex industry. Be sure to check out our website at peepshowmedia.com for essays, porn reviews, events, interviews, news stories, and more. Also, make sure to listen to our podcast, The Peep Show Podcast, anywhere you get podcasts. And for a bit more of a personal glance into my life, make sure to check out my January 15th interview on what women and other wonderful humans want. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Back on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky, joined by the amazing writer on FetLife, the Princess Pen. What motivated you to start this personality that you have developed into one that has over 16,000 followers now? Wow. Um, So this is some, you want some tea. I'll give you some tea. Um, I was, I was just fucking around on Fet. Like I had made some friends and I had learned what KMP was. And I became a fan of Aces 87. I don't know. He's, he's taken a break for a while now, but um, he's got maybe 40,000 followers. Like he's a, he's a bigger name. Um, and he used to be on every single thing he wrote. And I remember talking to um, another famous writer about you know, Aces 87 saying I liked his stuff. And he goes, you should really read more critically into what he wrote. There's like a formula. And I go, there's a formula. And so he told me about it. And I started noticing like patterns in his writing. And I was like, you know what? I can fucking do that. I can do it. I can do it better. And I'm very competitive. So I was like, I'm going to get a hundred followers in a week. Um, and so I started just trying and I think I got a hundred followers in like two days. And then I think a thousand followers in a week. It was nuts. Um, I've stopped trying since then, which is cool. That's nice. Um, but yeah, I tried for a good couple months to just gain followers and see what I could do. What was the genesis of your kink personality? Do I have a kink personality? Like how I became princessy? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or how you became interested in kink. Everybody has their origin story. Some people watched a certain TV show. Some people uh, got tied up by somebody in a playground. What's yours? So I actually was talking about this um, with another kinky friend today. I, I think that I've always had some natural kick um like I remember not believing that cheating 
was as big of a, and I said it like this and my mom freaked out. I was like, I just don't think cheating is as big of a deal as people think it is. And she was like, what? And I was like, as long as you trust each other and like you're devoted to each other, I just don't, I just don't understand why I would end a relationship because they saw somebody else. And she was like, your, your mind will change, sweetie. I can promise. Um, but I, when I was 15, I liked to date exclusively football linemen. I think because they were large scary. Um, and uh, one of the linemen that I dated for the longest time, he would sit after school and he would sit on the specific bench and he would say, that's my bench. And if anybody else sits on that bench, I'm going to fuck them up basically, right? So when we started dating, his affectionate nickname for me was his bench because I was his prop. You know, I was 15. I had no idea anything about kink, but I just so got off on the idea of his being his property. And my pet name was his, his bench. So I think I've always, I've always had some element of monogamish or non-monogamy. And I've always had elements of ownership. They've just evolved in how I saw them and ways that I could do them that were help, more helpful to me as a human overall and less helpful to me as a human overall. In reading your writing, there is this absolute sense of confidence that you have. There is the ability to express yourself in a very strong way. Yet I'm sitting here looking at your BDSM test. 100% submissive. 95% degradee. Yeah. That's not you. <laughs> Yet. It is you. Yeah. How do those two things come together? I remember crying when I posted about this. Um, it's one of my most, I think it might be my most popular writing of all time is about this subject. Um, I think that this idea that submission has anything to do with being docile or not having a lot of power is, is purely made up. Um, I think that to be a submissive is the strongest motherfucking thing you could do. Like in my eyes, I'm sure being, I don't know, I'm not a switch. I don't know what it's like to be a dominant, but the amount of self, like to, to preserve yourself, you have to have a self to preserve, to give power. You have to have power to give. So in my eyes, I don't understand how they couldn't go together. I get that there's some stereotypes of subservience as a, a word. Um, that it's an adjective used in the middle of word to describe things, right? But ultimately in BDSM, the role of a submissive is they have so much power that they're able to continue on with their life and live it as adults, consenting adults, like holding true to their boundaries and then some, and then give power to someone else. And that, that's the most powerful, confident thing I can think. What led to your first writing? And do you remember what that first writing was when it came to your nom de plume of Princess Pen? So I have, a, I, I consider myself having a few first writings, right? Mm -hmm. have one my very first writings were basically just copying an aces 87 style of writing mm -hmm. where I, in it and it's 
it's super similar, but just from a female perspective, it's completely and totally original. I didn't even derive it from any specific writing, but I know that I would read it. I would get inspired and then I would write it. So there's that sort of thing. So you that, like rock music and you were writing rock music. It, yeah, kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then I think that I started developing my own voice with the post, the first post of mine that blew up called, um, you mind fuck me or something like that blew up at that point, meaning like 2000 or 200 likes, like thousands of likes wasn't in my realm of understanding. Um, and that one was, I was, I was with a Dom at the time and he really got hooked into me. And I, I just realized it was an online relationship type of thing. And I just realized that I was like, fuck, like, this is so much more intense than somebody in person could be for me. This is, this is how you fuck me. You fuck my mind. And then everything else gets great. And then I would say like, as the princess pen, when I started talking about educational stuff, um, specifically, I would say like the confidence and submission, um, but also looking at like DS contracts and, and safety, but starting with the confidence and submission, I think that's my first post is that type of voice. So I, I would say I had those three kind of births there. When you look back at those first writings and the development of the writing until now, did you start to notice a difference in your mission as to what you wanted to accomplish with those writings? Yeah, so my first, I don't have any social media and I, I, I do write as if in a vanilla world, but I don't get this kind of feedback or interaction with people at all. In fact, it's mostly just editors and it's negative um, or it's people like annoyed and different types of things, right? Um, it's not necessarily positive. So there was a process of just exposing myself first, um, talking about my cancer, talking about bulimia, like talking about these things that I had always been very afraid to tell others about and expose. And then after that, there was an exposure of, and that's the evolution, an exposure of the community. And this is what I see as a member of this community that gives a fuck. Like, I'm seeing this, what do we think about this? What do we wanna do about this? And I think that I, I'm less exposing myself now and more kind of just telling my story and talking about the community. I, I don't talk as much about my personal interactions and development as I did. This show began its mission as a way to help people connect with each other in traditional and non-traditional relationships, trying to give people the right way and the wrong way to approach each other. You have written a lot about the wrong way people can approach each other. And you've also written things about the right way to approach each other, including offering to rewrite some profiles. Oh, God. <laughs> so let's talk about connection. What are the good things that you have seen as far as connection, as far as things that people do right? Um, 
I think the one thing you'll hear and you've probably heard over and over if you spend a second in the kink community is learning about consent and boundaries. Um, learning about learning about somebody else before you try to learn about them. Um, like taking what they've given you and actually doing your homework and studying and then approaching them. Um, and I think that that would be all about the right way to do things. It, it's a lot less, and I do try, I talk about my specific preferences a good bit, but I think it's a lot more about, um, for instance, Rainbow Kitten, um, Rainbow Kitten 87, something, seven. I'm so sorry, Rainbow Kitten, if she ever to this. Um, I think it's, there's a seven involved. Um, she's Unicorn Husbandry's um, married partner. And she really likes terms of degradation. And on her profile, she specifically calls that out, right? And I kept that in mind as I would write these things. And I go, that's amazing that this community is offering her the place to express that, so, that, right? But so do that for her, do that because she says to. But the fuck if you try to do that for me, I will call you out. Do not try to do that for me. I don't care if I say I'm a degradee. That doesn't say, please call me a slut on my picture. And I think that understanding that distinction and how you're approaching a human that happens to be kinky and here's how they would like to start these interactions, here's the names they would like to use. I think that that's, that's all about the right way to, to do it. And when you mentioned specifically about the degradee and you talk about it within the kink realm and also within the human realm, Nobody wants to, by choice, be cut down by every single person they know or see. It takes a connection first. And I think that, and I'm sure I'm going to get up on my soapbox quite a bit during this episode, because you and I think a lot alike in many ways. Anybody who has the thought that they can immediately call somebody else whatever name it is, without having to know them, is the kind of person you don't really want on FetLife or in life at all. Yeah. Yeah. So when you find people like this, because I'm sure they comment on your writings, how do you handle it? Call them the fuck out immediately <laughs> now okay it depends on how bad your offense is um there was this guy yesterday who commented on a photo and I think that my photos in the realm of FET are relatively PG um so this was not a G photo but this was like a PG PG 13 type of photo right and he says something about like can't even remember but it was it was more direct it was like get on your knees like open those four lips and get on your knees or something like that and I was basically like no um that was not an invitation to call me a whore that was not an invitation to give me a command I basically like checked so if you do that to me I will I won't delete you I won't block you I'll just tell you no because I want to use it as this opportunity to show that this happens and then to respond to this in a check that's not passive I don't I don't want to be a passive voice in the community. That's not what I'll do. I have an, another like account. If I want to be passive, I'll do that. This is not passive. But if you give me a check where it's like, 
you could potentially just be presenting a dissenting opinion, which happens in writing. It, I will try to be like, what do you mean? Is this the intent that you had with that question? And oftentimes, I don't know if they, you know, were surprised that I didn't just combat them, or maybe they really did have a less aggressive opinion. They'll come back softer. Um, in general, 99.9% of people that I reply to in any sort of either questioning or checking do not come back at me combative in the way they came back at, came into me at the original comment, which I think is a really interesting sort of thing. Like we've, we've all taken to blocking and that's the word, that's the thing you do, right? But the engaging has had different kind of consequence that I think is, is, is interesting. Have you had somebody that has come at you so strongly and you've been able to turn them around to the point where they're like, wow, I didn't know you were you. You've changed my mind about things. Thank you. Yeah, I have. Um, there was a relatively popular writer um, that wrote a writing and took the exact name of my writing on theirs. And um, I didn't do it in comments, I DM'd them. And I was basically like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> like, if it was, I could tell that it was, I don't like the way that you did this. Like, basically, um, the way that they said theirs was very, directly in opposition to the place that I came on mine and, and we fought, um, not fought, fought, but there was a, a struggle. And then now they're a quite close friend of mine. Um, and I speak to them almost every day. Um, and I like cried over voice message to them the other day. Um, and it was just sort of a, I remember having a moment going back and forth with them and they, they were like, you know, I think you're, you're right. And I think a lot of things that I'm seeing in you are things that I'm just paranoid at myself about. Right. And I, and I was like, you know what? I, I do too. Like I came at you combative just now and you came at me combative. So in that way, we're similar. Um, and why have a contentious relationship when we can kind of turn it around? Another one was cheerleader Kate, like that post that I did, that's no longer up. Um, somebody came back and apologized and we're like, I don't agree with you, but I understand how what I did wasn't right either. And I can understand your points. You are never one to shy away from controversy or things that are difficult. Has that always been your personality? Or is that something that you have been empowered to do by the writings you've done so far? both. I, I like to do difficult things. Um, I think that life is way too short. Um, you know, and maybe that's going through depression, but maybe that's, um, the cancer issues that I've gone through. And maybe that's some other stuff I haven't even talked about. I don't know, but I do find that if something is difficult, but worth doing, it should be done. Um, but I also think that just the anonymity effect allows you for that. Um, and if I didn't take advantage of the anonymity, I don't know if I'm saying that word right now, whatever. Um, 
I feel like I would be a fool because that's the point. Like nobody knows my name. Nobody knows like you see my face, but nobody else is going to see my face. Right. So I think that why aren't we using that to not just be sexually outrageous, but be outrageous because we can. And, and what are, if we don't have a filter, which we don't have to have a filter here, who are we? What do we want? And I want to be radically positive um, and radically change orienting um, and radically intense about the things that I think save lives and matter. You don't have to be kind all the time when you are as honest as you are. But you come across, at least in our conversation so far, as a pretty nice person. But then you said you're a bitch. I'm a bitch, yeah. At what point does that kick in? Or is it always there in the background? It depends on the energy I'm getting. If somebody's giving me negative energy, I'm not going to try to change them to positive energy. I'm going to match what they give. Um, and I think that it comes when you come at me or people I love and have made a promise to protect, not just people I love, not just general, not just everybody on my friends list, right? But if I've made a promise to protect someone and you come at them, um, or me who I'm promising to protect in a way that feels like you're trying to tear down the positivity and the self that I've built. Um, I am not afraid to get bitchy. Um, and I am not one to automatically assume friendliness and a match to even positive energy because I'm, I'm lucky to have positive energy. But if I matched every bit of positive energy that I got right now, I, I would be completely and totally drained. So I have to be selective in that way. And that can come off as bitchy. And I don't mean it to be, I mean it to be able to sustain me and to keep doing whatever it is you find positive. Um, Cause if I can't do that, then you don't have anything to be positive about, you know? Have you developed a squad of princess pennies Meaning, are there some people that you see comment on so many of the things that you do that, like, these are my peeps. These are the ones who stand by me. These are the ones who ride and die with me. Oh, yeah. And they're scary as shit. They are scary. I would not want to fuck with them. Like, they will come. I, I don't know what I did in the world to deserve these people, but they give a shit. And they, they look, they watch comments, they'll like respond. I don't even, if something is like fringe, they'll come at them and be like, what did you mean? You know, like, like give, me, give me an example of this. This sounds really fascinating. Um, there was one post I did. Oh, goodness. I, oh, you know what it was that I got a lot of negative heat about that I had no idea it was a poem. Whatever it comes up. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, it was called, um, I settled. And in the comment section of that, um, there was a dude that was talking about basically how it's, it was the woman's fault. And like, she was the perpetrator in that situation or whatever. I want to be clear that writing was not about abuse at all. Um, and in fact, it wasn't even really inspired by my own life. 
which was an odd thing to have. And everybody was talking first person, which is how I wrote it, but it, that wasn't what it was about. So, but anyway, he went, he went on about kind of this, how it was her, that person's fault that she stayed in there and she was a liar and she was a manipulator in this theoretical thing where a girl settles for a man and then decides to kind of leave him right in, in the poem. And, um, oh man, did he piss some people off and they went off on him. Um, and I think there was others too. And they'll just be like, basically, what the fuck are you talking about? That's totally in the, they'll kind of fight. And, and so I didn't comment on it because I wasn't entirely sure what to say. Um, but yeah, they'll, they'll, that's one example. Um, there's more overt ones. Like if I ever clap back at all to a dude, they will like let all like my clap back. And then they'll like, like that post with the dude, he was, he said, um, when the post with the open your whore mouth, um, get on your, something like that. Mm -hmm. He, he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. My wife thought you were hot and told me to do it. And then I look on his profile and it was like, he was, he said he was single. And I was like, is that why it says you're like single on your profile? And like vultures came out. Um, so yeah, they, I don't, I haven't thought they were wrong at all yet, <laughs> but we'll see. It's not like I sent out some sort of DM and I'm like, get this guy. Mm -hmm. It's just like they, some people see and, and will comment and, and I do, I do appreciate being seen for sure. Yeah. Has there been an article that you've written that you were absolutely convinced was the right thing, yet you realized it wasn't? Oh yeah, the cheerleader Kate one. Um, which every, I think I have a lot of weird emotions about the cheerleader Kate one. Um, and the funny thing is it was my mom my mom knows all about this and she was the one who told me to take it down and she was the one who convinced me to um you know for those who don't know about it if you can just kind of give us a general idea of what it was so uh, okay and we're we're gonna remember that i took this down and i thought i was wrong but um and that's the important part about it what you've learned from it so continue yeah I wrote an open letter to a fat lifer named cheerleader Kate. Um, and I, I had, it had addressed some key issues that I personally identify with. The way I wrote it in the letter was more satirical than I think should have been um, and was less about me and more about her. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but I think that was the wrong way to go about it. Um, cheerleader Kate talks a lot about how she's 98 pounds. Well, I'm a, I'm a former anorexic bulimic that still daily struggles with that. And um, to constantly flaunt an exact number um, and that number be pretty dramatically low, um, I think that it doesn't put out a message that I think could be constructive for the community in any sort of way. Um, and garners an interesting type of attention um, that I'm confused about. And then there's also the constant reaffirmation that she's a teenager um, on her page, which is the same sort of thing where I'm like, 
why um why is that such a positive thing like why is that thing something we're we're going for over and over um there's also a lot of references towards ddlg but not any sort of substantial writings about it or um, pictures that included a deeper dynamic that a, a, a DDLG might have um, in order to develop that connection um, between the two. Um, specifically, it'll be like, I fucked a random older man last night, tag daddy, like DDLG or, or, or whatever. And it's like, that might not portray the right message to people trying to learn, which you are the number one post almost every day. Um, like, I, and I had tried to contact her before that and she just never responded. And I tried to put comments on her post and she just never responded. And I don't know, she just kept seeing it over and over again. And it just got under my skin. And I wrote out of an open letter and then it was like an atomic bomb went off. Um, mm -hmm. It was a lot. And I regret how I did it. I don't regret thinking those things about her because I think a lot of us do. <laughs> um, I, I don't, I don't think it's my business to dictate how people do FET. I, I get that. I think that if I want to provide commentary, I, I should, I shouldn't have done it as directly as I did. Um, and I don't think it was beneficial to her. I'm not sure it was beneficial to the community. I think it provided more fodder than anything. Um, but the points of let's stop calling ourselves teens everywhere because I don't think that that's positive. Let's stop putting out exact weight numbers that are low for just the sake of I'm this weight, fuck me. Um, that might be erosive towards a community that is trying to be healthy in every capacity, right? Um, let's start promoting the the study of these types of dynamics that people have and asking questions and talking about our dynamics and, and how that works instead of just adding random tag and saying it like, like let's promote safe sex in every capacity and healthy, healthy people. And I think she's one example of a lot and I picked her and that wasn't right to kind of pick on her in that way. Fet life can be a wonderful place. Fet life can be a dumpster fire. Fet life can be a way people can gain connections. Fet life is a way to tear people apart. What do you think fet life is? Oh man, it's true anarchy. Um, I think, you know, I've called it before a tool. I try to use it as a tool as much as I possibly can. Um, so I try to make it whatever the fuck I need it to be that day. Um, for me, it's the soapbox, <laughs> mostly. Um, it's a megaphone and a soapbox. And it's taught me, by saying something so loudly, it's taught me a lot about what I'm thinking and what I'm saying. And, and so it, it's kind of turned into a mirror. I can finally hear myself, like, oh, what the fuck? Like, wow, okay you're really this way. And, and I never had that much mirror before. Um, yeah. What should FetLife be? Oof. Whatever the fuck people need it to be. I think if you 
if you can exist in your own bubble or find people who really want you to penetrate their bubble, go for it, right? Um, exist in your spheres. Have a really fucked up group where you call each other these names that other people are telling you not to and you don't know each other. Like, do all of the things that you want to do. Like, that's great. Just do it consensually and we're good. Um, and I, I think that's, I, I come across with all these rules, but really I don't have, as long as there's consent and you're abiding by the law, um, there's not these rules. There's my personal opinions on how I do kink and how I have for as long as I have. And, and then, and, and then there's what the fuck ever. I do some fucked up shit that people would be like, oh, I'm glad you found a place that accepts you and likes this. So go find your place that accepts you. But do not the fuck do it on my photos. Like, don't call me whore lips on my photos because I will attack you by saying no respectfully and whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> More about consent and profiles on FetLife when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi, I'm Venus. I've been sharing my love for this beautiful relationship dynamic for well, years now, and I am beyond thrilled to announce that finally there's a matchmaking service for single women and single men who want a loving, cuckolding relationship. It's called Venus Connections. It's a personalized matchmaking service and three-week educational program that's safe, private, and individualized for what you want. Women, you no longer need to endure the headache of filtering through blank profiles and dealing with online creeps. And men, you can stop wasting time on those fake profiles and women with all sorts of ulterior motives. Venus Connections works for you to find what you want. You can learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. You deserve the relationship of your dreams. Hi, this is Rachel Leadham, aka The Conscious Masochist. I'm an author and sadomasochism integration mentor who encourages the mindful exploration of your dark side. I offer astrological birth chart readings to interpret your sadomasochistic blueprint through the clues found within your chart. You can learn more about my work, including the ebook Conscious Masochism, at my website, www.rachelleadham.com. And join us on Instagram at The Conscious Masochist. And be sure to check out my episode in the archives of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hi, this is Jane Boone, the author of the novel Edge Play. It's a revenge fantasy where the big short meets 50 shades of gray. Only the women wield the whips and the billionaires submit. You can find it at Amazon in paperback or for your Kindle. And be sure to check out my episode with Tara Indiana right here on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Thank you. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. 
back on the show, joined by the amazing FetLife writer, Princess Penn, who has offered to rewrite profiles of people that challenge her to rewrite their profiles. You gave me a critique on mine that said, I did? yes, you said I was a little wordy, which I said, <laughs> you haven't seen my old profile, which I think if you scroll down, you'd get carpal tunnel. Um, <laughs> what makes a good profile? Okay. What makes a good profile to the princess pet who is one human on this earth? Um, so, you know, I'm a type A bitch. So I really like, tell me the juicy bits to like a resume. Like, let me flow here, get the parts I need to know. Um, Specifically, like, why are you here? Um, some of these roles that we use and key terms that we use can help me dictate how you would like, how I can most respectfully interact with you. Um, so I think that that's a good thing. Why are you here? What are you looking for? And what are the things that I should fucking run away from with you? I need to know that fast. I need to know that easy. Because if we all had to read through 10 pages of everyone's profile, it we wouldn't interact with as many people. We all want to go on with our lives, right? Like if you're faced with someone who's gorgeous and has their tits out and 50 photos of that and five pages, as much as you want to read those five pages, you might go to the tits first. So like, let's make it easy for people and get them quick, right? Um, so I appreciate links to writings for big important stuff that goes in to the whys that people want to know. I appreciate just readability. Like, let's make this easy. Like, let's make consent a tiny bit easier in this way. Have you got a favorite profile that you've ever seen that you go, you want to see a good profile? Go to that one. And we're about to get this person massive amounts of followers for some reason, but I'm just, or you can just talk about what made it so good. She already has a fuck ton of followers. Um, I had already gotten her consent to, I tagged a few people on the writing and, and she was one. Um, I don't know, it doesn't follow any of my rules, um, but it made me laugh so hard. Like I just learned all about it. Her name is Pikachu but with a K or a Q-U, um, I learned all about her and I read it and I was like, oh, I totally get your vibe. I, I see what you're putting down and I'm loving it. So she's probably one of my favorite I've ever seen. Um, another person, and I also tagged her profile um, and I'm a huge fan, um, is Cinder Belland. Um, I think her profile is dope. I think it's easy. I think she tells you what's up boom to the point um so those two really struck with me um when i was doing research on that one notice you didn't say anything about a guy's profile oh they're usually pretty terrible um <laughs> <laughs> um and you're wondering why i wanted princess pen on the show there you go in a nutshell I mean, I don't want to call out my male friends because I haven't free gotten their consent to do it. Um, so it's tough if it's not like my immediate male friends. So I'm trying to think of somebody that like I may have asked 
<laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure there's a, a handsome savage. He publicly interacted with me about it. Um, he, he recently redid his and I thought it was better than it was before. I'm still not about the stars. He knows that. I'm not about the stars, but I get that's his thing. So good for him. Rocking that. Um, I think a, a unicorn husbandry. Also, he probably wouldn't mind a shout out. Um, I think his is interesting. Um, I think it, it's a little wordy sometimes, but I can get to the point pretty quick. I like links. I get what he's about. It's cool. I love his writing so much. Have you ever felt a connection? And this is hopeless romantic in me anyway, but read a profile and go, gosh, I want to meet this person. In other words, fallen in love with the words to the point where you wanted to meet them. So this is not romantic in any form or capacity, um, but there is somebody that I did fall in love with their profile and I ended up being friends with them because I was so like, who the fuck are you? Um, Reminded me of Pikachu. We haven't, I'm still open to it if she wants to talk, but um, it was, she was Tyranicorn in the past. Um, and she has since deactivated and come on to a new name, which I'm not going to say, but um, she was just savage as fuck. She was scary. Like you, she had this um, whole thing with like, if you uh, liked, if you tried to follow her without interacting with her, she would block you. And this like crazy, it was just out there. And I just go, I just need to, un I need to eat your brain. Like I need to understand how you talk, what you're like, if this is you all the time. Um, she's a loyal, good friend. Like she's intense about the blocking and how you're interacting with her. But when you're consensual with her and you take some time to get to know her, um, that bitch is loyal and, and it's so sweet. Um, also fucked up, but so sweet. So she's lovely. Yeah. When it comes to your life, not wanting to pry into the private side or anything like that, but just in the character of the princess pen, has it helped you find what you want personally? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. It, like when you start to make boundaries with other people and you start to talk about it and do it better and practice it more, you start doing the same thing with your own damn life, I think, um, and yourself. And I think that that might also be called self-care. So I think that the study of how I can best communicate and what I'm thinking, it's really been a form of therapy. There's been moments that that has been toxic for me, but in the overwhelming majority, um, having this persona that's so close to who I really believe that I am, it is not far at all, um, has allowed me to be a more consensual, louder, stronger, individual in every aspect of my life. If there was a North Star for your writing, if there was one writing that you think defines you, 
which one would it be? You know, that's so funny because I, I have a favorite writing, but uh, no one liked it. <laughs> um, so I, I would say that one was Trees and Seeds and Me. It wasn't actually about me when I wrote it. Um, it became more so, but I would say a North Star. I would be so curious as to what other people would say. Is that? I, I just don't know. There, I have writings I like for different things. Um, but I, I like to have a lot of facets to me. So I feel like picking one is picking one subject and, I, and I'm not ready to commit to that, you know? Do you have something in your mind right now that is the ultimate topic that you want to write about, but it scares the hell out of you? So many writings scare the hell out of me. I, so if, if somebody follows me really close, and the people that follow me really closely are hilariously probably the people that are going to listen to this first, right? They'll notice. I do this thing where I like, do a status update and then get really shy about it and then like do it and it's usually about like should I do this writing guys like how much am I gonna get all chopped off for this um so that happens I almost did it yesterday I have this writing about um male profiles <laughs> and pictures and how to improve it and and like what we could do and sometimes I, I get afraid about commenting too much on what other people are doing because I get so much heat I know everybody likes to read it but it does take a toll to get that much heat as, as competent as I am and I'm used to it um and I've got an amazing team like basically team of people behind me that support me and, and watch comments um I I it still takes a toll on me to do it so constantly I write about shit and like don't have the balls to do it so if you saw the stuff that I did, like I actually have 100 pages of, it's called my secret writing vault and people who are really close to me have it. And it's a hundred pages of stuff that I, I, don't, I decide not to post um, in this big Google doc. So it's all the time. What is your goal or what are your dreams for what you'd like to do with this in the upcoming years? I want to write a book um, and I am writing a book. Um, and I, and I'd like to do the work that I'm doing, um, but in a part-time capacity, um, outside and, and I'd like to write part-time, um, professionally. Um, and, and yeah, that's what I want to do. So we'll see how the fuck it goes. Will there be a time when you insert name here because you are anonymous gets to a point where anonymity isn't as important because you have become the person that you write about and you're proud of it? Or will there always be that bit that's scared? No, I'm not scared at all to not be anonymous. Um, the anonymity comes from fucking logistics. Um, everybody important in my life knows. Um, they know my name. Um, the people that don't are the people that are paying me right now. And if you pay me enough, I will tell you who I am. But until you are paying my bills, I am not going to threaten the people 
that are paying my bills. And that is the only goddamn reason I am super fucking similar to her. They are, we are the same. Uh, just me in different moods, honestly. I would at this point normally say, tell us all the places you can follow you on social media, but there are none. It's just one. It's just Fat Life. And I am so glad I discovered you uh, in my readings, and you always make me smile. I am amazed at, and I say this in the most kind hearted way, about the size of your balls. Uh, <laughs> that you are able to express yourself in a way that is so full of freedom, so full of passion, and so full of absolute wonderment that I can't wait to see where you go from here. Oh, thanks. And I'm really looking forward to following you. Thanks. I, I'm terrified for this to come out, but I've had such a good time. I've been smiling the whole time. Nobody's going to see my goddamn face, but it was smiling. Um, <laughs> um, it, it's been, I was really nervous to do this. This is the only um, more public thing or vanilla touching at all that I've done as the Princess Pen. So I was very nervous and I felt very um, calmed and um, accepted. So it's been, it's been a lot of fun. It's nice to have a review before you even finish the show. <laughs> Princess Penn, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks. I've absolutely enjoyed reading the Princess Penn's writings on FetLife, and you can too. Just follow her at the Princess Penn on FetLife. That'll do it for this edition of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Next Tuesday, we start our Authors Week, as we will have Jules, the author of Jules, The Making of a Woman, an amazing Phoenix-like story that you're going to want to hear and be inspired from. And also, Kate Sloan returns to the show, the host of The Dildorks and Question Box, is back with us for another round, this time talking about her wonderful book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do. That'll be next week on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Until then, I'm John, also known as Hi There, Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.